This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Friday the 20th of January 2023. Coming up today, I'll be interviewing an old friend as we talk about 10 years with his iPhone. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey guys, welcome along to the show. Uh, no Sean Priest today, no. And look, I've got something very serious to tell you here. Uh, this is a very sad news, unfortunately. Sean Priest can't be with us today uh, because, uh, well, here's the thing. He, uh, he did something today, just this morning. He did something and, uh, you know, it was foolish. He should have known better. But he did it anyway. And, well, we are where we are, where we are now. You know, we, we now are where we are. <sighs> so it's slippy outside because it's icy and it's cold. And Sean went for a walk, right? He went for a walk. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. It's not gone well for Sean. He fell, and it's <laughs> listening to him on the phone this morning screaming like a baby because he thinks he's broken his leg. And he, he may have broken his leg, he may not have broken his leg. We don't know yet, but we do know that Britain's finest are on their way some point this year. But no guarantee when, we think before June, they may arrive. So, fingers crossed on that one. Fingers crossed. Thank goodness we have a health service in this good old country of ours here in the UK that is ready, ready to go, you know, up for the job. Yeah, I, I honestly, he'd be quicker getting a saw and hacking his own leg off and just getting a cab to the, the hospital. Honestly, it'd be much quicker, to be perfectly honest, and uh, probably more efficient as well. Um, so, yeah, so it's just me today. However, and this is where it gets interesting, later on in the show, Sean reappears. <laughs> because earlier in the week, I got the chance to sit down and speak to a good friend of mine, uh, Ken Reed, who I haven't had on the show before here on Double Tap, but he has been on my old show before uh, a number of times. Ken and I used to work together at RNIB, and uh, Ken would come on and talk a lot about how technology was impacting on people who were new to technology, right? How it was making a difference to them. And he himself was someone who was very resistant, very resistant to the iPhone at the start, as I think a lot of us were. It's not, he wasn't alone in this. Um, some of us decided to jump in at the point when voiceover was announced on the iPhone 3GS, I think a few of us thought, okay, at least we now have an option. But you know, there was a world up until that point when that original iPhone was launched where a lot of us thought we were going to be left out. We were going to be left alone. We were not going to be able to use touchscreen smartphones. And you have to remember, if you think back, before the iPhone, there were a lot of new devices coming out which were touchscreen, but they were not in any way accessible to blind people at all. To blind people for sure, and certainly not even to low vision people. Now, there were options out there. You might remember there was the iPhone, not the iPhone, the Nokia phones with Talks software. That was an option for blind people. Uh, for low vision people, though, not a lot. I mean, text changing capabilities, you know, enlarging the text size, changing the font. The closest I ever saw with that was the BlackBerry. It had the ability to, to get the, the text size up a little bit. But again, it was all very minor. And it's really interesting that only in 10 years we've come a long way. So 10 years with his iPhone is the name of this episode because it's Ken's story today of how he decided in 2013 to make the leap and jump into the world of iPhone. And this all stemmed from a conversation that I found in my archive. And I thought I'd share it with you today. So uh, Ken and I uh, and Sean, we got together earlier in the week to record the interview. So that's coming up. Um, but between now and then, I thought we'd go through your feedback because there's lots of uh, feedback from you. So I thought we'd do that. And uh, so here we're going to start with an email. Uh, who's this from? This is from Cece. G'day, folks. This is Cece on the line from Montreal. Voicemail. That's what when I meant. trying to activate Siri by pressing the side button, mm. one has to wait quite a bit longer than previous to 16, iOS 16. On the Viphone uh, forum, someone suggested press the button, let the tone finish, then think in your mind, hey Siri, 
and then speak finally out loud the command that you wish the software to follow. This seems to work very effectively. It appears that the mm. new version of Siri requires about a 1 to 1.5 second delay after the barely audible tone uh, before one can start to vocally input your one suggestion. This has worked extremely well for me. Thanks. Thank you, Cece. Great. Um, that is actually really useful to know. I must admit, I've kind of fallen foul of Siri a few times. We were talking about it the other day, which I guess has sparked your comment here, Cece. But uh, we mentioned the other day on the show that um, the challenge is often it, understanding what you mean. You know, if I asked it, as I have done many a time, call Sean Mobile, it will instead not it'll completely ignore the Sean part and it'll just tell me that Mobile is a town in Alabama, which is nice to know. But again, it's not really relevant to me at that moment. I'd rather call Sean, believe it or not. So... Yeah, interesting. But yeah, the whole the whole button holding and we, we've got the tone now, at least, which only seems to exist when you turn on voiceover. I don't get it. But you do get the tone and you do get the, you know, information. At least it's understanding you or at least hearing you. <laughs> understanding, that's another question. Uh, but yeah, OK, useful tip. Thank you for that, CC. Uh, let's get another email. Uh, I keep saying emails. Voicemails. We're getting lots of voicemails in on our listener line. one eight seven seven. Eight zero three four five six seven. Felix has got in touch. Oh, hello. Um, double tap. Oh, hello. This is Felix. Yeah. And, oh, it's you. Um, chic, le chic, le chic, you know. Anyway, right. Um, anyway, listen to uh, us. To what I say, uh, I'm commenting on yesterday's topic where you guys were talking about the new um, HomePod and Apple releasing this. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, if I want to buy it yet, I feel like it's almost uh, well. It's still quite limited. And with um, my updates to iOS 16, with Siri being, well, I'd say from happy and downgraded, uh, because eight out of ten times of all the things I ask Siri to do, um, it will, or she, or he, or she will um, always get it wrong. <laughs> when I want to make a phone call to somebody, it will work. But if I want to, let's say I want to place it on Spotify through, uh, theory, it will always never play it. It just doesn't do it at all. Um, then there are other features that I used to do in iOS 15 that I can't do on my phone anymore. So I've, that's kind of a bit of a pot-off. However, the speaker itself sounds amazing. But like Sean said, you know, all that, you know, all the stuff that the um, LAD and Google can do, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, that, that's been around for a very long time. So I don't know if it's worth paying the £200 for it, other than, of course, just the sound quality. And whilst good speakers are amazing, I still feel it's, it's got a, a way to go just yet. Um, so it can, it, can be, um, it can be seen as a competitor. Now, sound quality, yes, maybe, again, solace, but um, smart features, not yet. I mean, it is still third, in the uh, smart range of devices, uh, Google being first in regarding to responding um, to your question, followed by a lady, followed by theory. If that can improve, then maybe I will consider it. Um, definitely. Um, so um, I uh, um, uh, and yes, and yeah, the um, being able to um, being able to airdrop and that and and connect is. Well, next devices via AirDrop is actually quite good, but again, we can already do that. You may or may not know that SkyQ can do that. If you have a Sky um, main box or mini box, you can still AirDrop to that device and use it as a as a separate speaker um, to cast anything or cast in a similar way. It will only it will only cast it only AirDrop audio. It won't do picture, which is interesting, but um, it's something you may or may not know. Anyway, this has been Felix, uh, waffling on, and uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Really enjoy the show, guys. Talk soon. Ah, oh, thank you, Felix. Uh, now, just to clarify a couple of things you're talking about there, Felix, you're talking about AirDrop. I think you mean AirPlay. 
uh, just to clarify that for people, AirPlay is uh, the way of communicating from your phone to a speaker. Now, you're right, SkyQ in the UK, which is the satellite uh, box that we have here in the UK as an option for people, if you uh, have that system, um, I guess it's a bit like, you know, having Bell or, you know, Rogers, or whatever you know, choice you make in terms of your TV choose, uh, choice. Um, it does have that option in it. It does have the ability to receive audio, which is kind of weird, no video. But I guess that's because they are trying to get you to watch their apps on their platform. And that does make it a little bit less accessible. And I wish someone would kind of make that point more widely known that in a way... It's, a, it's about accessibility, right? If we can get access to as as many ways to watch and consume our content as possible, that's better for us. So, you know, if it was able to get the video, then it means I could go into a, an app, which, you know, is easier to navigate than trying to navigate through a TV system, and then just airplay that straight to the TV if I want to do that. Or, like you say, I can get the audio at least, if nothing else. In terms of the HomePod and pricing, you said £200. Well, in the UK, it's actually uh, £300 for this new HomePod. I think it was a little bit more expensive than that when it came out. And don't forget, you get the HomePod Mini for £99. Now, in Canada, that uh, that becomes uh, $399 and $129 Canadian for the HomePod Mini. Um, yeah, it's a tough one when it comes to these HomePods because the sound quality is incredible. And look, I think that's what you're buying it for. You're buying it for Apple Music you're buying it for the HomePod. Yes, you can obviously bounce lots of different things to it. If you're so obsessed with using anything else but Apple Music, don't buy a HomePod. I think it's as simple as that. There's lots of options out there for you. You've got Sonos. You've got lots of companies now that are coming up with them. I mean, JBL, Denon, Sony, Samsung. They all have their own smart speakers. They all have their own versions of speakers that you can airplay into. So there's no shortage of options out there if you were looking for that. If you want to get away from the old hi-fi system, and have a dedicated speaker or a pair of these speakers. There's lots of options. But if you're in the Apple ecosystem, I think this is the one to get, especially with the whole HomeKit thing, because things have improved, I think, in a big way with Apple HomeKit. And with the new Matter compatibility, which is inside these HomePods, that will just make it more and more relevant as the years go on. In a way, this is almost a device that will build into your smart home down the line. It's interesting because, of course, this went away. A lot of people were upset when the HomePod was taken away. And reading a lot of the reviews now, people are saying, hang on, it's back. Why is it back? I, uh, we didn't have it, and uh, I was okay without it. And, uh, now it's back. Well, make up your mind, right? You, you, you cried when it went away. Now you cry when it came back. But anyway, it's back now. And um, yeah, and look, no one's forcing you to buy it, right? Buy it, don't buy it. They don't care. Well, they do. They care. I don't care. That's maybe the important point. Right, let's get a voicemail from, from Ronnie. Hey guys across the pond, it's Ronnie from the land of igloos. Hey. Um, you guys want to know <laughs> something about Braille, but I don't okay. know anything about it, so I don't know why I'm talking to you. But anyways, in the Braille, <laughs> sorry, in the Christmas basket under the tree this year, it was Braille. It has a sling stylus. It has the whole bunch of other stuff. My daughter-in-law has made cards, bingo cards. For all of us, we've decided as a family, we're going to have some fun and friendly family Braille lessons. She's made the bingo cards out of recipe index cards, traced around checkers and lined, rimmed with puff paint. We each get a six-cell Braille card plus the six-button Perkins keyboard plus six checkers. And she just calls out a letter and tells us what board we're supposed to be looking for or playing mm. on. It's fun. It's going to be exciting. The grandkids are involved. Santa and the rest of the elves are involved. And speaking of Santa, he did not get me my Sunu bracelet or Sunu band, but he did give me a trip to Scotland. Hmm. Hang on. That, that ended rather suspiciously, don't you think? So hang on, no Sunu band, but a trip to Scotland. Have I got my first stalker? Is that is that what's going on here? Is this my first stalker? Is Ronnie my first? I will say this, Ronnie, you can be my stalker if you like, um, but I am very boring. Very boring. Uh, I actually think, especially today because it's so cold, I think my stalker would die of frostbite because there is nothing going on. Um, I'm not like Sean, you know. I'm, no, 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 no. 
Not one of those going out types. Not one of those going out type blind people. Sorry. Not for me. Uh, but anyway, well, I, I cannot wait to hear you're in Scotland. I mean, it's a big place. I mean, it, I might not seem it compared to the rest of the world, but it is quite a big place. And I think you may find we may not bump into each other. But um, I'm glad you're coming. I hope you enjoy it when you get here. Very nice. Try the fish and chips. Um, okay, uh, let's get another voicemail from Tony. Hi, Double Tappers. This is Tom from New Hampshire. How's it going? Um, Tom, that's what I mean. I called and talked to you guys or asked you guys about your opinions on the Eero router, or as you guys call it, router. Um, <laughs> love mine. Got one just before Christmas. And uh, the security stuff on it is great. I now have a VPN, as I've always wanted. It's built into the uh, Eero Plus description, and it also has... Uh, a free version of a free account to one password, which I like a lot. I've been mm. trying to pop my passwords over a little bit, a little bit at a time, and uh, that's pretty good. The router set up pretty easily. Uh, plugged it in, and then uh, let everything change over. All I had to do was put my name or my uh, network in I was, I was going to use, and I, had to, and I put in my very long password for the uh, network, and off you go. Everybody that's come in here since doesn't even know I have a new setup because it's all reconnected because it's all the same name and everything. So yeah. thanks for that, guys. And about Braille, I've never learned Braille. As a kid, I was, I push a wheelchair around a lot, and my fingertips are very not sensitive enough to read Braille, so they always, oh, he couldn't read it. By the time I tried it at 13 or 14, they were right. Um, I couldn't really discern the bumps. And so I'm primarily an audio person, so Nothing wrong with that. Everybody learns differently. Some people are auditory. Some people read. Uh-huh. Uh, some people like to write things down. I love anything to do with audio. So there you go. Thank you, guys, and uh, talk to you all later. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I have to be honest. That's another. It's a bit like the guide dogs and canes things for me, right? It's, it's I and I know I talk a lot about braille, and I know I probably shout quite a lot about it, and and, and I do advocate strongly for it where I can. But it's not for everybody. And I think for someone coming to it later, and that could even just be not a kid, that could be a challenge. Um, like you say, you know, sometimes your fingers are just not sensitive enough. I mean, it's funny enough, on a day like today, being so cold, I remember when I was doing my Braille class years ago, uh, before the pandemic, as everything's now measured by the pandemic, right? So pre-pandemic, I was doing this Braille course, and someone said, okay, top tip for you, go wash your hands with nice warm water. Um, and I said, okay, and just a strange thing for someone to say to you, right? Just like, you know, I, I thought, am I dirty? <laughs> am I missing something here? And the, the teacher said, no, because it's it's your hands. They have to be warmed up. You know, it's a cold day outside. And if your hands are cold, you're not going to be able to read properly. And I thought, that's a good point. That's like It's like fogging up your glasses. You just can't see. So, you know, really interesting tip. But um, it's not for everybody. And you're absolutely right. Everyone learns differently. I'll be honest, as a kid growing up with better vision, I definitely had a more photographic memory. And that's why I think I find it so difficult with audio sometimes. I just feel I cannot, the information just doesn't sink in the same, uh, which is why I think Braille would be great for me. You know, I don't know, what it'll, it'll print a visual picture in my mind, I think, with Braille. That's maybe the way I think about it. But yeah, very interesting. And on the Eros, I'm glad that worked for you. And it's a great tip, isn't it? Just... You know, when you because I've seen a lot of people doing this, they're buying new routers, they're buying new kit, and they think, but hang on, I'm going to, have to reconnect everything. No, you can just use the old SSID, i.e., the name of the network. So, you know, it could be, you know, Stephen's house is the name of the Wi Fi. So just call it that on your new router and then use the same password that you would connect to the old Wi Fi when you're setting it up. And what that means is all your devices will just automatically authenticate. So you don't have to go through the whole hassle of connecting everything again. Um, but you'll get the benefit of the new network and the new Eros. And, you know, like you've noticed yourself, Tom, they are pretty impressive, right? Pretty impressive in terms of speed. I am really loving mine. Um, listen, stick around. We're going to be uh, getting uh, Ken Reed on next. Now, Ken, uh, I, I sat down with Ken this week, along with Sean Priest. Of course, no Sean today because... Uh-huh. Listen... I hope he gets better soon. I really hope he does. Um, and uh, he'll be back on soon with us. So, you know, we'll, we'll give you the updates on that. On tomorrow's show, by the way, just a quick point on that. On tomorrow's weekend edition, I have a conversation 
uh, with Matt Ater. I caught up with him this week as well. Matt Ater is the uh, vice president of Espero, and we're going to be talking about lots of things. He was at the Consumer Electronics Show, and he's going to lay out for us all the blind tech he saw at the event. So really looking forward to that. It's a full hour-long conversation with Matt, uh, one-to-one with him uh, on tomorrow's weekend edition. Uh, but stick around next. Ken Reed joining me and, uh, yeah, with Sean Priest, who's back miraculously. <laughs> That's next here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Hey, Sean, now time to get on one of my uh, old friends who uh, hasn't actually been on this show before, but has been on my old show. And, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of go back and, yeah. Oh, I see. Old friends, old show. Oh, I see how it is. You were on that old show, remember? So, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, sorry, I you're forgot. You're part of that. You're one of the <laughs> okay. old friends. The, the emphasis on oh. old. Um, but yes, oh, let, let's introduce <laughs> Ken Reed to the show. Uh, Ken used to be uh, part of RNIB, as did I. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be really interesting to get him back on because of an interesting conversation I found in my archive recently. Ken, good to be back uh, with us here on uh, Double Tap. It's been a while. Absolutely. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Now, you and I used to talk on the old show, and uh, we talked about a lot of different things. And the reason I was keen to get you on today is because I was going through all my archive of stuff. You know that way, Sean, I'm sure you're the same. You start collecting hard drives and CDs. Remember the days you'd rip CDs of stuff? And I had piles of them lying around the house, and I thought, do you know what I need to do? I need to try and cleanse myself of all this junk. And hugely well therapeutic. Exactly. So what I did was I took everything that was on all these hard drives and I just copied it onto one big hard drive. I think that makes sense. It's much better for the planet. And it means that we've got all this data and <laughs> that I'll never probably use again. My hard drive is like a loft. It is never going to be really delved into very often. But there was something in there that I found, and it was a conversation between you and I, Ken, uh, 10 years ago this year, so 2013. Whew. And it doesn't it doesn't seem that 2013 is a year that we would be particularly nervous or you know concerned around technology or even new technology, but it actually was for a lot of blind people. And yeah. it was a time when we were kind of you know just getting into the idea of you know blind people especially the idea of using an iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a big conversation around that time. Who's getting an iPhone? Who's getting an iPhone? And there were people out there who were you know spending the money to just test out, you know, and hope. And there was these sort of blind people who were kind of the, you know, we'll send them in first and hope that, you know, they come back alive (laughs) after the experience. And it was incredible. Um, And I want to play in this clip because this is you and I talking, like I say, 10 years ago. I think it was at like an RNIB event or something at the time. Uh, Yeah, I think I remember it, yeah. Um, So this is you and I talking and we were having a conversation around tech, what you were using at the time and what you were thinking of using. So let's have a listen to this. How has technology changed your life? I, Jings, I wouldn't know where to start. It depends where you define technology, of course, but I uh, I live with my PC. Uh, it's a vital tool for my life. It is ancient. I have a mobile phone that goes everywhere with me, but it is still just a mobile phone. I don't have a smartphone. I've got a PC that I use a lot at home, but it's an ancient PC. I've got a note taker. It's even older than my PC. So all of these things are rather old, but uh, they're very important and I use them every day. I mean, the latest kit, like iPhones, iPads, Mm. these are accessible devices. Have you experimented with those? Not yet. I'm on the cusp. After last year's Technology for Life, I was so much enthused by the the whole iPhone thing. I thought, I must do it. I must do it. I know we're 12 months further on, and I'm just about there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a slow mover. Because one of the barriers is risk. And... To change my my way of working is a big risk. I don't know yet whether I will be able to work an iPhone. Uh, I know a lot of blind people who are using them, and so I'm fairly confident that I will be able to. But it's a lot of money to lay out, 
and not know for sure that it's going to work. So there is a risk and coming to an event like this is great because it gives me a chance to talk to lots of people who who have already done it. There may be the more technical, technically savvy people who are out there who are more willing to experiment or maybe they've got just some bits of spare cash, I'm not sure which, but they've done it and they've succeeded. So I can get the confidence from talking to them. And so that happened last year. I'm just a little bit slow off the mark as well. There's nothing wrong with that, though. And, you know, I often wonder if some blind people are actually living with older technology because, quite simply, they know how it works. They like it. They like. They do. They, they, they definitely... What, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Is the, the simple maxim in that respect. If, you can, if you're guessing what you need out of what you've got, then keep going with it. Uh, there's, uh, there are those who love gadgets and love, love technical toys, and they will always be looking for the, the latest thing and the newest thing. If that's not you, and you just want to be able to find tools that make, that make life easier for you, once you've got them, you can stick with them, and they'll, last, they'll do you years and years of good service. So that was 10 years ago, you and I having that conversation. I, wow, say, yeah. I sounded like a chipmunk in there. You sounded, <laughs> both sounded like the Muppet Babies there. That was beautiful. <laughs> Step back in time. Oh, yeah, too, too many whiskeys since then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I can't speak for myself on that one. I don't know what's happened to me, honestly. <laughs> it's but really it's, interesting, though, yeah. isn't it, listening back to that? I mean, doesn't it take you back? It's just show you how far we've come. Yep, yeah. It's all changed. And where are you now? I mean, where please, I please, please don't tell me you've still got that shoddy old PC and <laughs> terrible... <Your> Nokia yeah. <laughs> uh, N90 whatever my, it was. My Nokia handset, hand, uh, mobile phone that was held together with an elastic band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was back, just so you could identify it, right? That the back was... kept falling off it, and, um, and, and you had to take the back off it regularly to get the battery out to switch it off because the power button didn't work. <laughs> and I did all of that, and I did that for quite a long time. I I probably pretty short soon after that I did actually leap and um, I, I I left for an iPhone in the in the phone category anyway we'll we'll deal with that I left for an iPhone and um, that was an iPhone five uh, just to give you a feel of that you know, yeah. where we are we've moved on a wee bit and and I um. Yeah, I, I used the five for a while, but you know it's incredible. I can't remember what the capacity of it was, but it filled up. And I don't do photographs, I don't do music or, or that much. I certainly didn't to that stage, and it filled up just with with apps. So very quickly, or relatively quickly, moved on, and I got an, a one of the first SEs. Which and the the whole idea of SEs was a great idea from Apple because it actually took a bit away away a bit of that fear I described because it's it's a much better value proposition when you're maybe not entirely confident about it. So the the SE um, uh, uh, sort of product range from Apple is, is really helpful. I'm now on an SE 2022, so I'm only on my third smartphone in 10 years. Well, that's quite smart, actually. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Don't need to upgrade every year. But, okay, I want to go back to the, the fear because yeah. – that's the bit that I remember having the conversation. This is what sparked it all, because I remember you and I having this chat, and I was mm. so pleased when I found the clip, because I, it reminded me of the conversations yeah. that we had back then. You and I especially, mm. we would talk about this, and you were very nervous about the whole touchscreen. Now, we sure. all were, let's be fair. We yeah. all thought, that's it, we're finished. We're locked out Absolutely. of this tech. And, and I guess we were. many people were telling us we were. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, but, yeah, there were people at that conference and other places who were telling us that we, we don't need to be. And um, I, it, I, so, yeah, I, I, um, yeah I, did, I, I overcame that fear. And one way, one way I overcame it, and, and the tool I still utilize, is, um, is the Bluetooth keyboard. Mm. So um, I still find on-screen typing very, very slow and cumbersome. I am a touch typist. Um, it was one of the first things I learned to do when I was losing my sight was touch typing, and it has been so useful ever since. Yeah. And with the touch with the touch screens, of course, you can't be a touch typist. Not uh, doesn't work. It helps to know the proper layout of a QWERTY keyboard, and um, and you can spin about it relatively fast. But you're pointing and then um, uh, double tapping, and it's just a really slow way of engaging. So it's not that I can't do it on screen. It just feels so slow. So having a Bluetooth keyboard to enable me to type on my smartphone 
has been a really that that was a really important part of the whole package that made smartphones work for me. And um, uh, most of the time, yeah, this I'll, I'll, I'll start getting geeky here, but um, as well as using a standard, it's a, am I allowed to name brands here? Yeah, yeah. Anything you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I use a Logitech um, Bluetooth keyboard. I didn't go for the Apple one because it was a lot cheaper to buy a Logitech. That's fine. Fully compatible. And they're great keyboards. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've had three. I've got three. Which ones? Don't, Give don't us model them. numbers. We need them. Oh, do you? Oh, cricket. An 8, 10, 8, 11, and 8, 33, I think. Oh, 8, 30 eight. it might be. I think I will have... 30 maybe. I, I, over, hang on, hang on. Over here, I <laughs> yes. have on my desk, inside a fancy little case I bought for it, I can send you a link, Ken, um, <laughs> my little Logitech K380. I love that keyboard. That's what I use with my iPhone. Yeah, because I mean, so, I'm with you. I'm with, it's and, brilliant. And, and so, but the other thing that I got which was bro- was brilliant for the 5 and the first SE, was a Revo. Ah, yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about these. The Revo's great. Um, Can you describe interface- that to people that don't know? So Revo is, is, is an acronym, Remote Interface with VoiceOver. It's a Bluetooth device, and it's about the size of a credit card. And um, so you can use it as a – it's, it's got oh, – it's got a number pad – in it, which actually allows you to type in the old-fashioned candy bar way of typing. Um, right. But um, but there's also what they call Mini QWERTY, and Mini QWERTY is actually really clever. So it uses the same, not quite the same layout of, as QWERTY, but I, I don't use it anymore and because it doesn't work on the, um, the, the SE 2022. Uh, or it's not the 22, it's the um, it's iOS 15, I think put the, the Revo out of date and I haven't bought a new one since then uh, because part of it because of, of, of it's I'm allowed to mention lockdown is that an allowed thing to talk about as well oh well yeah <laughs> you can you mention must. it yeah we'll no, just roll our eyes it, it starts to date your, techno, your, your, your podcast it, every, everything's measured by lockdown isn't it yeah, it's just so everything during, now during lockdown you know, I, I found Revo was great because I was sitting on the train or I was if I was doing presentations I could get my, my script off my presentation through my phone and feed it to my ears very efficiently through using Revo. And um, with lockdown, of course, I wasn't going anywhere, wasn't doing any presentations, wasn't doing any of that stuff. So when the upgrade to um, iOS came along in the middle of that and Revo didn't work anymore, I didn't bother upgrading my Revo. And maybe one day I will do, but I haven't, haven't really done that yet. So you, you, have to, what, you have to buy a new Revo now, is that? I, I, I reckon, yeah, I think the Revo is obsolete. The, the one I got was obsolete. Why would but that they, be? I think sounds, I think there is a new one. I think there is a Revo there is a, two. Oh, there is a new one, yeah. Uh, and they've added an awful lot into it. So the one mm. I got cost eighty quid. Ah, that was superb. The new one yeah. cost about two hundred and fifty quid. Ah, okay. And it does does do more things. One of the things it does, which they think is a great thing, uh, is it's got a, 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 a classic headphone jack or a headphone socket on it. Yep. So you know, when the hardware changed and you have to put a lightning um, adapter into your your phone, so you need. To, I, I now have a wee adapter that allows me to put my headphones into my phone, and I'll lose them all the time. They're only about three centimeters long. Yes. Yeah, great, good to have, but um, yeah, just <laughs> keeping an eye on wherever they get to is a real nuisance. So, um, so the new Revo does. Part of that it allows you to plug an old-fashioned headset into 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 that, and you can actually use it like a phone as well. I think, can you? It's got like the ability to hold up to your ear, and you can Has make it, calls with it. Revo, I don't know. I, I haven't got one. Yeah, so it's got a microphone got and speaker one. built in. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Can... so I might, I might. Yeah. So it does a lot more, but it costs a lot more, and um, so I haven't rushed to go and get one. But you know, there, so the, using remote input and output and control on the smartphone. Is the point really is that yeah. that was to, when I realised that was possible and I didn't have to do absolutely everything through the, through tapping the screen. To me, that was kind of that was a big game changer in in making the whole smartphone thing really work for me. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of people who are blind who don't know about. It. I hear this a lot from people when I tell them, "Well, I use a keyboard with my iPhone." They go, "Oh, wow, is that a thing?" Oh. Uh, and it's the same with Apple TV or any kind of device like that. You, with an Apple badge on it, you can pretty much use a keyboard with anything, even the watch, I think. Uh, although I don't think it works with a weird thing about the Apple Watch is I think you can use a Braille display with it, 
weird. Um, <laughs> but I don't think you can use a Bluetooth keyboard with it. I don't I quite get that. I don't use my watch as an input-output device, but I do have a smartwatch. Yeah, I, the Mister Who couldn't do anything smart ten years ago. I'm, I am. I am. But that now, was the that was the thing about it, right? So you went through the fear, you had the, the concerns, yeah. and you were pretty. I remember you being quite against it at the beginning, not totally or harshly vocal, but just. I'm not really going to go down this route yet. I think I'll hold off. Then you did, and it felt like instantly things had changed because at the time I spoke to you after that, I remember talking to you, and you were quite the opposite. You were (laughs) actually, yeah, I'm all in now. I'm texting, I'm checking my bank account, I'm buying on Amazon like a posh spice on a night out. Um, (laughs) I wasn't buying posh spice anything. (laughs) Oh, you spent all your money on Revo keyboards, right? So, <laughs> and and you know, and the what I'll tell you what what got me into the watch more than anything else was Apple Pay. Ah, okay. And I so I had my my phone, and Apple Pay came along, and I set up Apple Pay on my phone. I thought this is great, and I was out and about, and I was paying for things, but I still it was as nearly as bad as having to get your card out of your wallet was having to get your phone out of your pocket. <laughs> And put it on the on the reader. It, it didn't actually save you an awful lot of effort doing it through the phone. But I heard about the watch and I thought, hey, yeah, just on your wrist. And it's superb. And and I and I'm so I'm yeah, I'm on my second smartwatch. Uh, I'm on the SE watch as well, just to tell you. Yeah. Mm. So I think I started on the three. I then had a terrible accident, fell flat on my face. Well, flat on my face and on my watch and smashed it to bits. Both of them. And um, uh, so my watch was dead. Unfortunately, my face recovered. It's just as beautiful as ever. It's, it's, it's a sad indictment today that it's actually cheaper to get your actual face fixed as opposed to your watch <laughs> face. <laughs> that was a do- face, fixing my face was a doddle fix. I mean, the watch was, was was written off. Yeah. And I got it. So I'm now on an SE watch. <clears throat> but it's probably been about five years. But yeah, the whole aspect of Apple Pay, just, you know, you walk up, you just ping your watch, hold it against the reader. The only downside is I kind of clench my fist when I hold it out. <laughs> so I've got my watch. I do as my, well. You're right. Yeah, and I suddenly realised fairly recently, it must look so threatening. You sort of put your watch out with your finch, fist clenched right in front Open of somebody's face and say, there you go, pay me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So I, 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 I'm deliberately trying to relax my hand a little bit when I'm doing it. Relax. That aside, that's, that aside it's, it's been... So yeah, the, the pay part has been was really good. I I loved the, the phone bit on the watch. It's it's really sort really um sort of MI six stuff. Walking through Waverley Station uh, in Edinburgh with my my phone rings and uh, I pick up my my wrist and just talking to my wrist. It's so Dick Tracy, isn't it? I mean, it, <laughs> it's just cool. Can I talk about the going back to the iPhone for a second? Mm. And because this is a really interesting time, and I, I think you. You really caught it there, Stephen, about that time when the iPhone came out and there was that all all that excitement. Because when the first iPhone, the very first iPhone came out, as you said, everyone's okay, now everything is going touchscreen and we are we're we're done. Right. Yes. We're out of it. Absolutely. But then when VoiceOver came out with the three G S, I think it was, all of a sudden it was this mainstream device is accessible yeah. and, and we have the same level of access as everyone else to the whatever else, you know the features and functionality it has i remember being so excited when i finally got my hands on I, I jumped in on the 4s and i can still remember it really vividly just going through swiping through just the, the home screen <laughs> and being blown absolutely blown away how easy it was to use how accessible it was and honestly it, i still feel i'm going to say almost emotional about it it was one of those landmark moments in it, it, I'm, I'm, you're obviously you know, uh, uh, an early adopter, an experimenter, and that's that's great. And, and as you've recognised, I was a bit more resistant, but absolutely, it's what the game changer and the thing that really made everybody look on it as being something completely different was it was out of the box. Yes, and you, you there was for those of us who'd been around. For a few generations previously, we've we've lived with Jaws, having to install Jaws every time you get a new computer, and 
that it was an add-on software, that it was never wholly compatible. That's what I was just talking about before I came talking to you guys. And um, but and equally with the smartphone or the old-fashioned phones, rather, what was it called? Talks. Yeah, talks, and you, they only worked in a certain models of the yeah, Nokia phones. So you used to go around range of with a list. You, yeah. yeah, and um, and you had to have the right phone, and and the, you know, the software cost more than the phone. Did. Yes, and then Apple came along and said, "It's here. It's it's in there now, and it's there for everybody." And that was just that that really was such a game changing moment for access technology it was and it is but it isn't universal it's still not there yeah how, how many kitchen appliances have you got that have got speech yeah absolutely and, and never even adding as an add-on it's hard to get but out of the box it's impossible yeah it seems to have been reserved too i, I think about going into you know, in Canada, you'd walk into a Best Buy or, you know, here in the UK, you'd walk into a Curry's, you know, or, or a John mm. Lewis and you would say, OK, so what in here in the tech section is accessible to me? And maybe just expand it from tech. Anything with a plug on it. Mm-hmm. What is actually accessible <laughs> to me? And, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that was not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, computers to some degree, but very limited. I mean, you know, if you yeah. bought a Windows PC, you could turn on a narrator, but really you were just going to use that to get you to the JAWS website um, or NVDA. But, you know, beyond that, you know, any other computer, probably mm. not. Um, any other, yeah. um, I mean, a television, forget it. Yeah. Uh, like you say, the appliances. And and nowadays you walk in, really it's the appliances that are left behind. And there are, yeah. there are few that do have, for example, the smart companion apps that help access them. Yeah. But it's, it, even televisions that have got screen reader technology built in, and lots of accessibility tools, it still feels very much early days for it. You know, it doesn't feel like it's grown up at all. And, and, and that's a nice term. I like, I'll hold on to that one, companion apps. And, and, and they're great. And, I, you know, I use a Hive um, heating system. I only mm. use it for heating. I don't use it for closing the curtains and switching the lights on and off. But I know it can do all of those things. Um, but, yeah, I can control that from my phone. Um, I can't control it from the wall because... The Hive device itself doesn't talk. Yeah, the, the heating but, thermostat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But the um, but the um, but the app is fully mm, fully nearly accessible. Have you connected it to your Amazon Echo? Do you have an Amazon Echo? Oh, I do have Amazon Echoes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for using the correct wording. <laughs> well, I, know, I can't say the other word because she will listen. She and jump she will, into life, don't they? She'll just jump uh, yeah, into life. I, I've, I've, I so I use yeah you, I use them around about um, I, and I have connected the 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 heating controls into it, but I just tend to find I just grab my phone. Yeah, it's just, the opposite. I never pick up with my home. It's the same system I have at home, mm-hmm. and I never pick up the phone unless there's something wrong. Unless okay. I don't get the sense That's it's right. heating up, I think. Yeah, I need to just double check this. But actually, most of the time, I use mm-hmm. I use Lady A, I, I as I call it. The, for me, the, 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 the what makes it great isn't, I, and, and, and the reason I'm not actually massively bothered about the fact that the the actual device on the wall is not accessible is that. What really makes that a brilliant tool is I can. It's nothing to do with being blind. Is is I can use it run it from outside the house. Yes. So yeah, I've, um, I've, I've, I still use the old fashioned kind of timer type arrangements that we've all done with central heating for years, and that's that's works for the bulk of things. But this time of year, you've been out doing whatever it is you like to do. You're about to come home, and the house is going to be cold because it's too early for the heating to have kicked in. And you just say, but just before we go, I'm going to switch the heating on. And you're sitting there in the car, in the cafe, wherever you've been, switch the heating on before you go home. And the, hot, the house is nice and warm together. So using Amazon Echo would be no good for that. Yeah. It, has to, it has to be through the phone. So I guess that's why I tend to do it through mostly through the phone, because it's that kind of occasion when I'm wanting to use it. I've got to ask you about the PC. So the dusty old PC that you had. Um, yeah. Is that still the one you're running, or have you upgraded? Um, oh, cricky. Um, 
I I'm running. No, I think yeah, definitely a lot of running ten years ago. I've definitely moved on from that. I think, I've, but what I'm using is, isn't terribly modern. It's a I'm not on a Windows laptop. So I think I was still on a desktop back back in the day when yeah. that recording was 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 released. Um, I'm now using a desktop. Uh, so it's, it's still Windows 10. I haven't put Windows 11 on it. It's quite an old desk, uh, laptop. I think it's um, six or seven years old. Um, but it's got a um, hard drive instead of a disk drive. It didn't when I got it, but I've had it upgraded, so it's so it's silent mode. Yeah, that that was quite one of these funny, scary moments. Um, the disk drive was getting a bit old and ropey, and the guy who looks after it for me said, "Well, you could put a hard drive in instead." A yeah, solid state drive, yeah. A solid state state, yeah. And um, and um, I said, um, "Well, one thing I'll miss is the noise." Because of, <laughs> yeah. this, when the disc the spins, you, you know yeah. the machine's doing something. That's right. <laughs> and with a solid state drive, it doesn't make any noise, which is, um, but I'm used to it now. I've had that for a few years. So um, that's what I'm using, uh, still with JAWS. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm on 2023 for JAWS. Yeah. Uh, and it all, yeah. So it's, that's still kind of my workhorse. That's what I use for, for most stuff. Um, well, the reason I ask that, though, is... Email and, uh, but I can do email on my phone as well. So, 10 years on, you're not uh, secretly yearning for your old Nokia back then? <laughs> no. I can say that categorically. <laughs> uh, don't want that. Don't want the elastic band. Don't want anything. You know. No, it's... Do you know, I, I do know one or two people who still use old, standard, basic smart, uh, basic non-smart mobile phones. And they can barely send a text on it. And uh, it, it's, it must just be so limiting. They're, they're, they're so behind the curve. They're out of, they're out of all the conversations. They're, they're just missing out on so much. So what do you say to that person who is essentially you today? Because that's kind of where this leads back to, right? Okay, so 10 years ago... You were nervous. You were in that position, mm. and there are. And you know what's interesting today is there are many people still in that position. People who will not give up their mm. traditional old style device because they're terrified of what's you know it's not going to work or it's just going to get too difficult. Uh, what do you say to that? Well, I think the the first thing is that actually because they're so far behind the curve now, it's harder for them to carry on doing what they are doing. And I mean, for a start, when they need to replace that device, they simply won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be forced to make the step when it's a traumatic moment. So when their phone dies and they have to go and find a, a new one and they find they can't get a, an old-fashioned phone anymore and they're going to have to get a smartphone, they're, they're already traumatised by the loss of their phone and they would be much better to make it as a positive move that they choose to do at a time that's suitable for them rather than doing it when they're under stress because they've suddenly been um, their old devices died completely and can't be replaced and that, that would be the most important thing just you, 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 you're going to be lost you will be out of the world yes and and the thing that fascinates me about you saying that is because you were that person 10 years ago I remember the conversation so the many ones, not just that one, the many ones we had in the past, mm. and that was you. You were it, that person, and um, now you've got BBC news notifications going off on your smartphone. I mean, but, you know, that's uh, that would have happened ten years ago. You would have been that person. Micro, that's that wasn't my smartphone. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> either, well it's my blind ears. Uh, you see, I yeah, pick up absolutely. on these things. But uh, I even knew it wasn't your phone. But t- ten years ago, I wasn't that person. I wasn't waiting for the technology to go obsolete on me. Mm. And that's the difference. So I was using old tech, I accept that. And I was nervous about the step change that was coming, but I was investigating it, I was researching it, I was learning about it, and I was preparing for it. And what I was working with was still viable. And I think it's 
if folks who are still in that position now, 10 years on, they're dealing with something that's losing its viability. And, and that's why they will be put into that traumatic situation of having to make a crisis move. And um, so I don't, I don't think I was ever that far behind the curve because, well, if I were, I would still be there now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I was looking, I think you said it was the um, iPhone 3 was the first one with voiceover and I got mine on five. So I wasn't that far behind at all. No, no. It's only two years. Ken, it's, it's been great talking to you, great reminiscing about all this as well, <laughs> just to kind of look back and, and see where you've been and where you are now. Mm. And yes, slightly different circumstances, but ultimately it comes back to fear. It comes back to fear of that unknown. Mm. And it's about making that first step. And actually, more importantly, I think the, the point you've come out with today is it's it's important not to wait until it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Ken, thanks so much for coming back on. Pleasure to talk to you once again, Stephen. And uh, we mustn't leave it so long. So there you go, Sean. You see, it doesn't matter how you know into tech you are, how not mm. into tech you are. Yeah, you can always get there with it. Well, it seems to me that Ken is probably not your friend anymore after you kept insisted that he uh, he hated it back in the day, and uh, he wasn't he having it. He did. <laughs> okay. Well, he seems into it now. It, it's it's amazing though, isn't it? When you think back at those times, it's it was it was amazing times. I just think it's it's. Interesting to look at that. Okay, there's there's two angles here. One is that, you know, Ken, he wasn't an early adopter, as he says himself, but he did get into it early-ish. I mean, two years later, really, when yeah. the iPhone became accessible, he got into it. But for a lot of people today, I think it'd be interesting to hear that point of view. Because as you well know, there are many people out there who still resist the smartphone. They will yes. not touch it. And yeah. that's what Ken was saying. People still they will still to this day say, no, 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 I've got this. It works for me. And I get it. I totally understand it. But, you know, Ken put it so eloquently. If you don't do that, if you don't make the move, you will be left behind. And the problem is when that technology fails on you, that's it. What are you yeah. going to do? Once that uh, rubber band snaps and your battery falls out, <laughs> what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Really interesting guy. I'm so glad we got him on today. Um that's it for us for today. Back again tomorrow, of course. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Your feedback always welcome here. Uh, we'll get to it, of course, on the next show. And one 803 4567 is our call-in number if you want to uh, leave us a voicemail. You can, of course, attach an audio file to your email and send us that as well. Lots of ways for you to get in touch. And, of course, we're on social media for as long as Twitter's third-party apps allow. I am there. Um <laughs> You can find us at Double Tap On Air on Twitter and across social media. And don't forget, we're on YouTube as well. You can catch episodes of Double Tap TV there too. And that's it for us today. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.